Al, would you like to be on a boat? I'm on a boat. Well, not now you're not. No. You are not I'm on a boat. I'm currently on my couch. <laughs> that is the opposite of a boat. <laughs> I mean, you could put a couch on a boat. You could. You can. I'm not saying you could, and you can. Yes, but, but mine is not there. No. You are no. on solid ground. Yes. Nowhere near the water. Correct. <laughs> That's it. Are you on a boat? Uh, I'd hope not because I'm also in the air. <laughs> You're also in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you in the air? I'm on. I'm not on the ground level. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, I'm on the ground level. You're not. So it'd be a little bit weird. I'd be like, whoa, be like all shaking and stuff. <laughs> that would be weird. Hello. Hello, Hi. welcome to this week's episode of the Season Life Checkup OV8's podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc, Al, and Lady M. Hello. This is episode 213. And we're talking to you about a video game. Recorded on Jared's birthday. Jared's birthday. It's your birthday. Yay. Yay. I'm old. Time- Time to talk about sad stuff. Yay. Yay. Also, don't say you're old. I'm older than you. What do you mean? I'm older than you. Uh, no, that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Talk about a video game? Anyways, yes. We're talking about a video game today. Mm-hmm. We played it together. Somewhat. I mean, yeah. you played through the majority of it, or I guess all of it. I kind of popped in here and there at times. Yes. yes. <laughs> but it does have a co-op mode. Yes, it does, which is which is cool. Yes. That that was, uh, we did it locally, quote unquote, locally. Locally. Through share play. I don't know if it has online co-op. I would assume no. I doubt it. Yeah. Either way, yes. We played it kind of co-op-y, but you played through the majority of this game. We were talking about Spiritfarer, mm-hmm. where you get to be on a boat. Yeah, came out 2020. Yes, last year, as th- the kids will say. Uh, it came out on a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, and you're on a boat. Is this the studio's first game? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Let me look that up while you keep talking. Okay. Um. So yeah, you're on, you're on a boat. You um. Take a good hard look at the mother boat. I get with my flippy floppies. Uh, yeah. You play as a character named Stella, or if you're Jared, you play as the captain, who is named Daffodil. Salute Daffod- to the captain. Salute our captain, Daffodil. Um. And I was actually hesitant to play this game. Right. Uh, very hesitant to play this game. <clears throat> um, it came out like later last year. I think it was probably around fall. Uh, August 18th, 2020 is the release date. Okay, cool. Well, you, you already had that pulled up and ready to go. I was on the Wikipedia page, so. That works. Um, and so that's 
relatively close to October and October is a very hard time for me emotionally. So I was right. like, this game's about death. Can I handle this right now? And I was like, no, no, I cannot. I cannot handle this right now. Um, so I, I, I skipped on it for a bit. Um, and then I finally decided like towards the end of the year, I was like, I'm going to play this, but I'm going to rope Jared into playing with me. Hello. Uh, this is also the third game from Thunder Lotus Games. Their first first, first game uh, was a game called Jotun, which was an action-adventure game on the PC, Wii U, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, and also Google Stadia, of course. And then also they <laughs> put out Sundered, which was a Metroidvania game. So, so this go. is kind of a different genre for them. Yes. Seems like all their games have kind of just been like different things. Whatever they want to make at the time. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and really, I just kept hearing great things about this game. And also yeah, same. The, the, the art on it is very stunning. Like mm -hmm. it is a very, very pretty game. Um, so yeah, I finally was just like, all right, I'm going to play it. Jared's gonna play it with me. Hello. Because I realized that you could do co-op, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna do co-op, and then I realized that co-op was Jared playing as the cat. Which I'm a-okay with. Oh, it was hilarious. It was so funny, the way that it works with the cat. Because um, otherwise, if you're playing it solo, the cat just follows you around on the boat while mm -hmm. you do things. But if somebody plays as the cat, then the cat can do the things, because you have to do a lot of... Um, like it's a management sim type of thing that like right. you have to make sure that you're making crops and cooking for people and feeding people and also building up. Yeah, expanding your boat and everything. Yeah, so you gotta you gotta keep on top of that kind of stuff. So um, when you're playing solo, like I said, the cat just follows you around. But when we were playing together, then the cat could just like go harvest crops, go plant crops, go sing at the crops. Uh, you know, time to go smelt some iron. <laughs> What whatever make some make some fabric make some glass cooking the cat could cook anything Ish. you could do I could do yes better better <laughs> honestly yeah because you are doing it as a cat it's true auto better um so yeah that was fantastic uh that that we got to play together and also that you got to play as a, a fluffy kitty cat. Um, but yeah, you're, you're kind of introduced to the game and I suppose we should do big, big spoiler warning. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you play, I guess not yet. Cause the general gist of it is you play Estella and her kitty and, um, you are tasked with being the spirit fair that you will meet with, um, dead souls and you have to basically like help them figure out what's going on with mm -hmm. their their not lives yeah and then move on through the ever door i think is what it's called um and so yeah that's basically the gist of this is that you're you're going through and picking up people and learning about their lives figuring out what they they need from you and then eventually they decide like hey it's time for me to move on and you take them and they move on so I guess now we can do spoilers. Uh, also, like soundtrack of this game is really, really good. It's um, really good. 
it, it helps kind of like evoke the the kind of emotions the game kind of wants from you but mm-hmm. also like it's just very kind of just calming at times it's also kind of weird and wild at times for like certain characters who show up when yeah. you have to like, go buy stuff from them but like yeah like once you're on like the stuff where you're just like kind of just, like you know cruising on the boat it's just like very just chill and just relaxing but then like it obviously ramps up when you get to more emotional beats and everything so it's very good yeah the uh the merchant guy and no. also the bus stop dude yeah like, their yeah. their themes are wild um the little bus stop guy is like a seal who has just like this really exciting theme and um i don't know what the merchant guy is he's he's a guy he's a seller yeah of goods um, and services there's some <laughs> large um turtle ladies that you can talk to and mm. use as like resource harvesting and there's a shark Blech. there's also different music as well when you go through like specific areas of the map where like you can collect specific um resources that mm-hmm. will coincide with like storms or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like um, storms and uh, like different critters that show up and like uh, meteor showers, mm-hmm. all kinds of different stuff. There's a lot of variety for this small of a game and also for a game that is basically like this main the main hook of it is kind of just like sad (laughs) yeah yeah it's a good way to put it yeah um but the soundtrack is amazing you're you're right and as i mentioned before like it is very stunning visually like it's a very very pretty game the color scheme is just gorgeous um it's just very very pretty yeah it's a visually striking game mm-hmm. um i will say before we do get into stories willers um i played on ps4 correct and boy howdy it crashed a lot yeah so that's kind of a bummer yeah so that sucked um like it does have a pretty robust autosave, so that was good at least but it's kind of odd that we're this far out from its release and they haven't patched the fact that it crashes so much. Because mm-hmm. we had several times that we had crashes and I had even more when you weren't around. Yeah. So, kind of stunk. Because I'm like, yay, I'm in the middle of harvesting the... Oh. Yeah, I don't know if that's emblematic of all versions of the game or it's just the PS4 or it's just you got hit with a bad string of luck in terms of <laughs> crashes and stuff. But yeah, that was a a bit of a detriment to playing through the game. Yeah, it, it could honestly be a mix of any of these things. Yeah. I do have pretty bad luck, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's that. Um. But yeah, you you have a pretty diverse cast of characters here, and all of the characters that you meet on the boat show up as um, animals. Mm-hmm. Is it for mm, one? But he's a unique case. Yes. Um, but the the rest are are animals, and like when you first meet them, they're kind of like these 
uh, little like shadowy looking characters that are like the generic people in the towns. And then like once you get close to them, you'll see a big shadow appear behind them of what their animal form is going to look like. So, you know, like, oh, hey, that's a recruitable. Uh, once you finally recruit them, then everybody on the boat goes to greet them and they turn into their animal form. Mm-hmm. So um, there's usually whole boat celebrations, for lack of a better word, when somebody arrives and when somebody leaves for the Everdor. Except for in one particular case. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. Stella is given this responsibility and now we have to get a boat. We got a boat. Well, we start out and we don't really have much. We have like the little tiny rowboat that we start in. And, right. Um, the, the the big guy who's take, you're taking his job over, um, he's like, hey, you should uh, get a better boat. It's going to be hard to do your job in that. Right. So essentially like the idea of the spirit fair comes from like the mythology of Charon, mm-hmm. the, the, the boat taker who, who leads the souls of the dead to the afterlife, essentially. He kind of like you find you stumble upon him in the very beginning of the game, and he's like, "Hey, so I'm kind of done doing the job. It's your job now. He you, big. You got to go get a boat to make sure you can ferry these people around. All right, cool. Later. I'm I'm out of here. See you later. I'm re- retiring. Yep. <laughs> and then that essentially leads into you becoming the spirit fairer, and it's your job to lead the lead these spirits on to the afterlife, essentially in the, in the same way that he did. Um. And like you said, like along the way, you have to like accommodate your boat to meet the needs of the various people you are going to find. Because there's going to be a lot of different people you will find. And depending on where you are in the game, you can have like multiple, multiple people on board that will all have Mm -hmm. different things they will need. And basically, you just got to build your boat very big. To hold, to hold all these people. And then by the end of the game, he's like, you're very lonely. Yeah. With, on this very big boat. Very big boat. <laughs> with, like, one person. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also, at the beginning, gives you the Everlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the Everlight is basically, like, how you're able to do things, like, Stella and Daffodil are able to turn that into like their fishing rod or their harvester or whatever they need to be at the time. Uh, I forget what else it can be. Watering pan. That sounds right. And I think it also ties into your oven mitts. (laughs) Your oven mitts, but also like some abilities you will get later on in the game. Yes, you're right. Um, so yeah, it's like a little light that. It's the Swiss Army knife of of cool light abilities. <laughs> Here we go. We get oars, fishing rod, saw, pickaxe, zipline harness, oven mitts, watering can, scythe, weaving tool, guitar, uh, shears, bucket and stool, toy, and flotation device. A lot. Yeah. Um, I, the flotation device is daffodil because daffodil won't touch the water. <laughs> sure, you just get to like glide off the on the water on your little ball. 
It's really funny. <laughs> Which there are multiple times that um, the boat won't go anywhere if one of your characters falls off and like one of us would fall off. We're like, ah! <laughs> Trying to get back on real quick. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we, we had to get a bigger boat than our like starting rowboat. So um, like row row up roll up i don't know what we want to say to this uh like (laughs) uh, to this like beat down decrepit area and um we meet gwen there and gwen is like hey i know you stella what's up uh i know where we can find a boat also she's a deer um so that's neat um but yeah it's a harbor of some sort but i don't know exactly what it is it just didn't look very good and so you end up um getting a boat and then she tells you like hey i know a guy who can help you upgrade this boat and that's the shark Mm -hmm. The shark is a shark, and so I don't like him. But he also makes puns, so I do like him. So it's and kind he, of a and he upgrades your boat, situation. so he's he's got two good things going for him. He's 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 a net positive there. I believe that makes him a net positive. <laughs> um, and would, so Gwen, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, when we would go to like check out upgrades and be like, okay, what do we need for this, this, and this, like. You would be like perusing the menus, and I would just be like jumping in front of the shark, so you wouldn't have to see it. <laughs> Which was so nice. I appreciated that, and I was sad when I didn't have you there for it. I was like, ah, I have to like look at one part of my screen and not the other part. Um, so yeah, you you meet Gwen, and you know that uh, she basically tells you like, hey, I know you. We're, we've been friends. What's up? Also, she smokes a lot. Um, and so she's kind of your like introductory character in the sense that she teaches you like how to do the basic things. Like she teaches you how to build the boat. She teaches you how to like cook and, um, tells you about like, Hey, I got to wake up the people and, um, like how to navigate that kind of stuff. She's basically like your, your tutorial character. And like shows you like, Oh, well you gotta, you know, make sure everyone's well fed and you, you can tell like, uh, if you go into like these specific menus, like, oh, this person likes this, this, and this. And then you can also like give them items to make them happy or like just hug them and learn more about them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, she also teaches you about the, like the first, like regional game, I guess, like the, the jellyfish thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't like jellyfish. Can you, can you go pop them for me and get items? cool sure and she takes you to like some of the starting areas so that you can figure out how the game really works um like the the one big town um that has the the like upstairs crew i forget what they're called the yeah, one that we're the like upstairs crew yes they're like we want to go up here and we yeah. did like that the the parts where you actually kind of go off the boat or where is where the game kind of turns more into like just like a puzzle platformer because there's gonna be like a lot of different areas that you can go around that you'll need to like be able to jump up on buildings and stuff and then eventually later on you'll get more abilities that allow allow traversal to be 
uh, a little easier and, and you'll be able to get to more areas and everything. And then also there's like little puzzles you'll find here and there in specific areas, specific areas. They'll be like, well, you need this ability to be able to do this or something, or you need to figure out how do I get up to this very tall part of the map or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which is fun. Cause like, it's a, it's a different thing compared to like, you know, just the boat management stuff, which is a, majority of the game is going to be you just like managing uh things on the boat uh resources in order to upgrade specific uh buildings on the boat or just upgrading the boat in general and also making sure that you're able to you know keep everyone fed and everything and happy while also being able to fulfill their requests in order to eventually you know lead them on to the afterlife mm-hmm. so like i like those little parts where we kind of get to go off the boat and just be like do random things because it's you know something it's it's something just different from what you're just doing the entire for most of the other time but then kind of helps break up the what could be the monotony of just making this a pure management sim yeah um no i totally agree um one thing that i think is a little bit detrimental to this game um not to say that it is bad or that it is told badly but um a lot of the character backstories you don't know unless you've read the um like art book hmm so i had to like go read the art book after i finished playing it to know exactly what everybody's backstory was like you get hints by talking to them throughout the game right um but i had to go read the art book to actually know like okay this is exactly who this person was this is what happened to them and i feel like if you're if you're gonna leave it like as it is in the game it's kind of like ambiguous then like leave it ambiguous don't leave bits out and then put it somewhere else and be like oh yeah that's the story right because like because i mean with the game this size like you're not necessarily going to have physical editions that are gonna be like oh we'll get the art book that comes with the physical edition or something like that like that's a weird thing to kind of leave out and place it somewhere ancillary that's just not in the game mm-hmm. itself yeah I had, to, I had to look it up online to figure out like where all these stories came from because i was reading some backstory about some characters I was like huh where did they get that and then I found out that they were referencing like this art book I'm like where did that come from and apparently it was like on the steam version that it came with mm-hmm. and so I found a copy of it and I was like oh well this makes a lot of sense now with a lot of these characters since I've read this because like I said you would get hints here and there of like oh okay interesting but like the art book actually tells you blatantly like this is what happened with this character Like, that seems like something you should be able to put into, like, the actual game, but, like, I'm trying to think where you could do that within the game itself. Because there's, mean, there's really no, like, profiles, like, type thing in the game outside of, I, like, when you go to talk to people. But, like, once they're gone, you don't really have that information anymore. I thought it was, dude, like, a, a, a quick, like text story once they go through the Everdoor. Yeah. But I wonder if you did that, would that undercut what happens at the end? Possibly, yeah. 
because then the, I think the the reveals that happen at the end would be like less heavy, less shocking, less emotional for you if you mm-hmm. kind of just knew who they were by the time you reached the end of the game. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Well, that would still be the same issue. I was thinking that, like, maybe after they went away, you could, like, go in their house and find, like, a diary or something. Or you could do that and, like, that unlock something once you've finished the game to where, like, yeah. you could go back in through, like, the main menu or something and be like, here's, like, these, like, this epilogue of the characters. And that's where it tells you, you know, here's who they really were, what happened to them, what led them to becoming a character in the events of the game essentially yeah but since this game doesn't have that that makes it a little bit more weird that they're like they that they kind of obfuscate that into just an art book that you can only get in a specific version of the game yeah like i didn't get that with the ps4 version right because you can obviously you can't really like get a digital art book on your playstation 4 unless like the, right. they email that to you as like a bonus but like no ps4 game does that no. And I'm assuming like the same thing is going to be for the the Xbox version, which that's a that's a different thing as well because like that's a Game Pass game right now, so Yeah. How are you going to do that? And obviously, I think I think it's on the Switch as well, maybe, who knows. Regardless, like you're not going to be able to do that on the Switch either. Right. So yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It is. And so that part is kind of a bummer that like you have some some really interesting stories for these characters that are just kind of like shoved off elsewhere. And I mean, as I mentioned, a, a lot of these characters do have some really cool stories that you get little hints of throughout the game itself. So it's not like you're just given nothing, but right. Um, you know, it. I feel like there there had to have been some kind of like medium ground there. Of telling you not many things and then putting everything in an art book that's exclusive to one platform. Yeah, because like. There has to be something. Right. Because essentially like the game, like each character, like they'll tell you stuff as you you get to know them more and before they, you know, they move on through the Everdoor. And quest for them and stuff like that. Right. So like you start to like, you know pick up pieces here and there i think the ending like i didn't see the ending because i wasn't around i wasn't around for that time when you finished the game i i believe Mm -hmm. um so i don't know for sure but like from what you told me i think like they kind of really unveil like okay here's exactly what's happening in the game so like i think they're essentially they're trying to make you go from like here's the bits and pieces you learn from these characters and then you're gonna tie that string and point it here at the ending to be like oh here's who that character was but again, like you said, at the same time, if they're obfuscating this idea of like, here's the the floodgates we're going to open up and, and really kind of dive into like what these characters were when they were alive and everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's a weird thing to just exclude. Yeah, because like, I think Gwen is a good example of that. Like, Gwen tells you straight up like, hey, Stella, like, we're friends. We know each other. Good to see you again. Um, she obviously has, like, a distrust and dislike of her family, and Mm -hmm. they're, like, at least a wealthy family. They've got a big, like, villa and, um, 
she she mentions several times like how she doesn't like her dad and um you know these are things that she mentions and then there's also this part where she just like disappears and then you go in and she like kind of wants to end it Mm -hmm. and so i was like no no not allowed let's rethink this and then she comes back and she realizes okay yeah I, I I'm good. I'm good to go now. Um, and then she goes to the ever door and she gives you her like flower. But there's a lot more to her story that like you don't get unless you go to the art book and it including like how she died, which I think is a pretty significant thing. Right, because a lot of the things you kinda of get from this game is that like from the first character that you meet that like these characters know you or have st- they know of you in some way, shape, or form. Like yes. you have a connection to them, and they have a connection to you. But you know they're not. It's not obvious about what that connection is mm-hmm. right away. Like eventually, um, you'll have these like interstitials when you've kind of brought enough people through the Everdoor, where like you see this giant owl, owl. who kind of like gives you glimpses of like while what what was happening while you were alive. To kind of like start to piece things together of like what exactly is going on here. But even then like it's still not like here is the blatantness of like you know here's who this character was. Here's what happened to them. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, There is technically one character that Stella did not know Mm -hmm. in the game. um, But Stella knows of him. Right. So, uh, not everybody knew her, but but she she kind of had she knew of basically everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like the people you're you're meeting aren't just like random Random souls. No, no, they're all connected Mm -hmm. to her. Um. Yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. But I don't think it's necessarily a a bad thing. Like no, even I without it's a knock no, totally, it, totally, totally, totally. Like I think even though like that's kind of just like a a unfortunate circumstance of just weird of weirdness. Like <laughs> I think the story this game tells is still very good on its own merits. Yeah, even I if you do not have agree. like the that let's say like extended detailed information yeah um like with uh, a tool the the froggy guy uh like you know that he's your uncle Mm -hmm. you know that he blatantly tells you like hey i'm your uncle um loves to eat Mm -hmm. he loves hugs he also um brings up several times how he it likes to like work with wood and he's a handyman. He also mentioned several times that he's involved with a union. Um and brings up like people he knew in the union and how he would work with people and like you you get to know a bit about him. Um even even if like you don't know everything about him. Right. Um but knowing Part of his backstory, I think, makes um, one part of his overall arc in the game make more sense. Um, 
even without it though like it's it's impactful and i, I guess spoiler alert i'll just say it because it's it's not gonna make sense unless i say it um he just disappears at one point like mm-hmm. he just you don't take it through the ever door he just disappears and becomes a flower and um without knowing his story it's just like oh you know you don't always expect people to die you don't always expect people to just disappear right like you expected to be able to take him to the Everdoor and get your goodbye and get your hug in and everything. Cause every time you take somebody, you go and you have a final talk with them, you hug them and then they go. Um, but you don't get that with him. You just, he's just gone. And especially with like how his character has been presented up until this point. Like it, it would, it, it feels like it just leads you into like, Oh, into this kind of falseness of security of being like, Oh, of course he's going to be another one of these characters. Where we'll just, you know, fix his problems or, figure out what he wants and then we're gonna lead into the ever door we're gonna have this nice hug and everything and he's gonna go on his merry way and everything but like it does the opposite of that like you said he just he just ups and vanishes and everyone's just like oh he's gone and you're just like what is going on here you have to like go look it for him and then you realize that the flowers and stuff so you're like oh mm-hmm. hmm um and so, like, that's impactful in and of itself. But, um, like, when you know his story about the fact that he went missing in Europe, um, when Stella was, like, in her 20s or something, and that they never found out what happened to him, like, it makes more sense that that's what happened to him here, is that he just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And that she didn't get the closure here either right so um like that makes a lot more sense to me that i was like oh that's why he just goes away because that's what happened in real life yeah the characters kind of just like they mimic what happened to them in real life essentially yeah and I mean, I said the same thing with Gwen. Like at one point, she goes to the the villa and talks about like ending it, and that reflects what actually happens with her, um, because she ends up rebelling against her family at a pretty young age. Because, um, like I said, she's like an aristocratic rich family, and they're kind of like parading her around. It's like, oh, look, it's my daughter, and she's smart and she's great. And so she kind of rebelled, and one of her rebellious stages, I guess, was she started smoking really young, mm-hmm. and um, she ends up getting lung cancer um, in her forties. And so, like when she was, when she found that out, she was going to, I guess, uh, content warning uh, on suicide. Uh, she was planning to commit suicide, and she ended up not doing that um so she ended up accepting like hey you know this is just what's gonna happen and like comes to terms with it and that's reflected in her story here because she does almost the exact same thing and then it's like okay never mind i'm not gonna do that let's go the ever door i'm yeah. done so um because essentially if you think like if she had gone through with that like her arc had essentially gone the same way as as the uncles where like she just disappears at some point yeah yeah she there is a quest it's like hey she's gone where'd she go Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> and you have to go find her. Which I think predates like what happens with the uncle as well. So like you kind of begin to think like, oh, he probably just did the same thing. He went off somewhere. We got to go find mm-hmm. him. But yeah. then eventually you find the flower in his 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 little building and you're like oh this is not the same thing that happened here this is something completely different that's exactly what i thought um when when they're like oh hey where is he he's missing i was like oh he just did something like gwen did where like we have to just go find him and figure out where he is and then we'll take him to the upper door nope he's just gone it's like oh okay um and he's a very interesting character because he's very excitable, like loves food, mm-hmm. um, and you know is, is really willing to like sit there and talk to her and teach her how to do things. And uh, but every once in a while, you'll talk to him, and he's like kind of empty inside. And so that, you know, that that's kind of rough to go through <laughs> when you're like, oh, man, this this poor guy is like going through it and then just disappears. And apparently a lot of these characters are based off of characters from the development team. Hmm. Um, so that's interesting. I think that that gives it a little bit of a like personal touch that like people are very connected to these characters. Yeah, I mean it makes sense because like what better place to draw inspiration inspiration from, especially for like this kind of emotional story, than just like you know your own personal stories and relationships with people who have gone through these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. There's also. There was one part where we were talking um, about the one character. Um, uh, her name is Summer. She's the little snake lady. Mm-hmm. And her like mini game item thing was you had to fight a dragon. And she keeps repeatedly mentioning this dragon that keeps coming back to haunt her. And after talking to her at one point, I, I I don't think you were with me at the time, but I texted you. It was like, the dragon's cancer. I guarantee you the dragon's cancer. Yeah, I remember that. Because she kept talking about like, oh, it keeps coming back. It keeps haunting me. Like, it, it's going to take me one day. It took my dad. It's going to take me. And like, you have to clear the dragons of like this invasive. It's It's like crystal but uh ends up being like ore for you but um like i mean that that's a pretty clear metaphor for cancer there um and so that is the case with her is that uh she she had breast cancer so and it kept coming back and um she was married to Stella's aunt and was super into farming, uh, which is why she teaches you how to farm. Yeah. The, the problem is that, like, her her farming in her life is what 
led to her, like all the chemicals are what mm. they think led to her, her getting cancer. So that's, um, but yeah, that, that's a big old bummer. Um, and she's actually a pretty significant character to sell a story too. And that makes me wonder, like, at what point are we going to talk about what Stella is and who she is? I mean, I think we can we can get into that now. Okay. I think we've kind of given the gist of this game is that, you know, it's you ferrying souls to the, the afterlife and you have a connection to these people in some way, shape, or form. And then over the course of the game, you're figuring that out and what's happening. And I think even now, like, as we've kind of delved into some of these characters' backstories and everything, like, it's... It you could probably have an an idea of where it's going even if you haven't played this game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's let's dive into some spoilery stuff here for a bit. Uh, okay. I want to preface this by going back to what I talked about a little bit earlier, where basically, the like I think it kind of comes up like after a certain number of people you've sent off. Um, there's this big bird who just shows up. And it's Big kind of, scary owl. And it's kind of just like, hey, what's up? And kind of like, you have to climb up this tower to eventually talk to them again. And along the way, throughout the different meetings, you'll see these like flashbacks occur mm-hmm. in the environment. And usually, they're kind of like not really. They're they're hidden essentially. Like they're kind of distorted in a way where you can't really see them early on. And then once you get through later in the game, you start picturing like, here's these people in a hospital. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, multiple instances of that until, like, I think basically once you get to the end of the game, <coughs> it kind of is, like, here, here's exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, what we know is um, that, that these glimpses that you're getting throughout these owl scenarios are like Stella's memories essentially. Mm-hmm. So we're getting to see a little bit of her life as we go along. Um, and um, Stella was a um, palliative care nurse. So essentially um, if you don't know what that is, they're like an end of life nurse Mm -hmm. that they their job is basically to keep you comfortable as you're dying right so it with that in mind it makes sense like why she would become this you know this farrier of the dead because like that was her job in the in the real world was like this is Mm -hmm. what she just did she was the 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 reality version of of caron where she's getting people ready to die essentially yeah and so, like, Summer, the snake lady we were just talking about who was married to her aunt, when Stella died, that was the first person that inspired... Uh, when Summer died, Stella uh, was inspired to become a nurse by her death because mm-hmm. um, she, she wanted to help people. Um, and she she meets some others that are there. Like one that really stuck out to me was Alice, um, the little hedgehog character. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, she was really friendly and talkative and excited about her family and talked to you about, um, her daughter, Annie, a lot wanted to like help you change clothes. Um, 
And then at a certain point, like through her quest, she starts getting like kind of aggressive at you of like, you know, why are you so like on me all the time? Like, leave me alone. But then there's also times where she like literally can't go back and forth on the ship unless you help her. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she'll go out to like the, the front of the boat and just like stand there for the day. And then, or you have to like lead her from there and then she'll be like, Hey, can you come bring me back to my, to my place mm-hmm. when it's nighttime? Um, she also starts confusing you with her daughter, mm-hmm. Annie. Yeah. And like you have to change into specific Annie's clothing clothes yeah. at one point to talk to her. And then eventually she realizes like, you're not her. You're not Annie. Okay. I need to go. And, um, there's a, there's a part when you're taking her to the Everdoor where like she has that realization again and it's like, mm-hmm. realizes like, oh, this is not, you're not who I think you are. This is what's really happening. But then like a few seconds later, she slips back into forgetting. Yep. And it's just like, oh boy. Yeah. And so you know this about me. Um, not everybody who listens to this will know this, but my mom is... Um, she's a geriatric nurse that she takes care of people in nursing homes and a lot of people that she has dealt with essentially my entire life. Like she was, um, training to be a nurse when I was a pretty small punk. And so for a vast majority of my life has been a geriatric nurse. Um, but dementia has been something that I've dealt with and like have been aware of the vast majority of my life because of my mom. Yeah. And it's not something that people typically have a lot of experience with unless somebody in their family has that. Um, And so, like, I would volunteer in nursing homes and things like that um, as a kid. And so, like, I kind of got used to what it's like to be around someone. Um, But it's also very different when you, like, really, really know them. Right. Um, And so... When she started showing the signs of the game, I was like, oh, no, I know what's going wrong with this lady. Um, and so it, it it was really rough to take her. And um, the, the uh, like, Stella life parallels that this was Stella's first patient that actually died after she became a nurse. But it was the one that made her realize, like, yes, this is what I need to be doing. So... Oof. Rough. Yeah. Um, not related to the nursing, but you do have um, Giovanni and Astrid, the married couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and Astrid is like a very fancy, I don't know what she is. She's kind of like a wolfy looking thing. I'm, I'm not sure. She has a nice fan that she carries around. Um, but if you talk to Astrid several times, like every once in a while she'll mention something and I'm just like, oh no. Um, like there was this one part where she was talking about like, yeah, I was just a kid, but I had to hide the kids in my basement. I had to make sure nothing happened to them. Um, and she made something else and I was like, oh, oh, she lived during World War II. Mm Mm-hmm. She's talking about hiding like Jewish children in her basement mm-hmm. when she was a kid. I was like, oh God. Um, 
And it's interesting because when you first meet her, she's also like leading a like strike at a workplace. Right. Yeah. So she's kind of like dedicated her life to like helping people. Helping the like the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the underprivileged or just like people who aren't going to have people who are going to fight for them essentially. Yeah. Um, and so the, the like rough part about hers besides, you know, like, holy she lived through all that was, um, that she was married to Giovanni and, um, Giovanni is constantly like cheating on her Mm -hmm. and she had a hard time like actually getting away from him in terms of like, she, she was still in love with him, even though he kept doing this and kept doing this and kept doing this. Um, and Apparently, these were, like, surrogate grandparents to Stella that she grew up and just considered them her grandparents because she didn't know hers. So, that's interesting. Um, I also like that Astrid, te- like, introduces you to the, the turtle ladies and is like, oh, yeah, they're gossipy. <laughs> you want to hit, hit me with that sweet gossip? Oh, they're, they gossip all the time. You don't want to talk to them. You want to tell me about some of that gossip? <laughs> It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, But it's really intense. Um, Their relationship, Astrid's relationship and Giovanni's relationship, because uh, we had Astrid around quite a bit longer than we had Giovanni around. Um, And I, I got kind of attached to Astrid, but... And she just kept talking about him. And a few times, even with a turtle, she's like, I don't want to be around him, but I still love him. Like, I don't want to be around him, though. Um, And, like, it's hard when you actually, like, really, really care about somebody to to move away from them and, like, separate yourself. And um, one of the choices in the game that you have is that at one point there's a quest where Giovanni leaves the boat and she's like, Hey, can you go see what he's doing? And you follow him and he's meeting with another woman. And when you get back, Astrid can ask like, Hey, you know, what, what was he doing? And you can either be honest and say what he was doing or you can lie. And, um, and like depending on what you choose, Giovanni will either like have to live the rest of the time he's there, like in the lounge or outside, and she will remove herself from him, or um, you know they'll keep living together even though he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, and it, it's a choice. It's very hard choice because Astrid also gets really mad at you when you tell her the truth. Right. I mean that's. I feel like that's one of those things that's, like, just not surprising. Yeah. Because with the way you describe their relationship, it's one of those, it's like, you would you would almost be tempted to, to lie there just to be, like, to kind of make it so everything was all hunky-dory, but at the same time, like, this is someone who probably deserves to hear this, and they're going to yeah. get mad because even though this has happened multiple times before, like, it's just, it's not one of those things that gets easier every time. Yeah, and so when I played it, I chose to tell her the truth because I felt like she deserved to know the truth. Mm -hmm. She had asked me to follow him, 
and he's like, you know, I don't want her to, like, I don't know, it's just painful in general. Um, and even, like, when you talk to Giovanni, I don't dislike Giovanni, like, generally he comes across as, like, a very boastful guy, he's kind of a butthole at times, um, but then you'll also talk to him. Like, he's got this really crazy story that he tells you at one point about, like, how he's in the, he's in a battle, in, or not a battle, but he's in World War II. We know it's World War II at this point. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, we were going to this this house because this lady had a pan of um, basically, like, spaghetti sauce that she made for us and... Um, as we were walking over, one of the guys stepped on a landmine, and like as soon as I saw him, I knew he wasn't gonna make it. And it was it was bad, and the last thing they said to us is like, "Don't eat my share." And it was just like, Jesus Christ! I got to sit back for a second after that, like, yeah. Um, and so like after the war, he just kind of decided like. Well, my existence is just going to be like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And that ends up being a, a situation of him literally doing whatever he wants to do in terms of women. Um, it's his it's his way is his way of basically trying to deal with the the various probably amounts and effects of PTSD coming out of that war. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a trauma that yeah. he has not dealt with. No. Um, Which, I mean, to be fair, like, I don't think a lot of people who came back from World War II had the means or the ways to deal with the trauma they had to go through during that war because... No, no, no. Mental health was not really a thing in the 1940s. No, it was not. Um, So, like, he, he really tried to be a very, like, charming, likable guy and... um. He uh, he apparently ended up dying of a heart attack, um, and Astrid and Stella were both there when he died, so that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that most upsets me about Giovanni as a character, and I I think that this is understandable to have one character that was just like, okay, you know what, like someone in this is going to be someone that I'm like, I don't like the way you lived your life, but I understand that you lived your life that way. Um, Because as you're taking him to the door, he's like, yeah, you know, I really heard Astrid. Um, I I messed around a lot and I hurt her, but I'm not sorry for how I lived. And it's like, ooh, ooh. I don't know how I feel about that, man. Yeah, I completely can see, like, where you're coming from, where... Like, obviously, that's a bad thing. Yes. But I think as, like, what we just talked about, like... It's one of those things where if he didn't do that, like, he probably would have just literally broken down mentally. Yeah. I just think that he should feel some form of sympathy for what he should do his wife all those years. A thousand percent agree with you. Yeah. But I think as well, like, just the way that character is and, like, what he had gone through, like... Yeah. And then specifically with how many years it had probably been in that time frame, like, you're going to convince yourself, like, this is okay because I'm doing this to help myself. Yeah. 
And that's how you're able to kind of bypass that sort of sympathy for another person that you should have or that, that emotional reaction for another person you should have in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, it, it was just a, a moment that was like, I understand that that's how you lived your life. I just can't, can't get on board with it entirely. Totally. Um. There's some other characters that are, like, tangentially related. Um, well, another one I'm going to talk about real quick first is one of her patients again, which is uh, Bruce and Mickey, mm-hmm. um, the the hummingbird and the big old buffalo guy, which I swear to God, I thought the buffalo was talking the whole time, and it was the freaking hummingbird that was talking. <laughs> they have, like, a mafia-esque type um, speech style. Um, hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> the hummingbird does, and like I'm they fly in here. <laughs> they want a mansion and they want everything fancy, and um, like he's he's they're just kind of butts. And um, well, the hummingbird is a butt. Mickey never talks the whole time. He literally never says in a, a word to you at all. Um, and what they were is that um mickey was a patient of hers that apparently he was like this very very large man who um ended up in a coma after a uh, drunk driving accident Mm -hmm. and bruce the hummingbird um never leaves and he was always with him to begin with and like always did all kinds of illegal activities with him um, but they were just like bros through and through. And, um, so Bruce was around the, like the care facility where Stella worked. And so Bruce would like speak for his brother while he was there and was like constantly just for lack of a better word, he was in denial that Mickey wasn't alive per se. Right. Um, that, like while Mickey was alive, he he isn't there. He he's not ever gonna come back. Um until so, he's brain dead. Yeah. And so Bruce is just very angry and um like makes all kinds of unreasonable requests of Stella and like that's his way of coping with his brother. Yeah. And um that actually ends up showing in like one of their later quest because bruce asks you like hey i need you to do this this this, and this oh no you didn't do that right you didn't do that right you need to do this this this, and this and they're like unreasonable requests and like he just keeps switching them and switching them and switching them and then eventually he realizes like it's it's over like he's not coming back mm-hmm. and um i did not like them um when they were like speaking but after learning that whole thing i was like that's actually a really interesting take on that and even including the fact that like in order for uh mickey to be faced towards you like bruce would have to like pick up the string on him and turn him around so he could talk to you like otherwise he was just there yeah um so it made me appreciate them more as characters even though i still like thought that they were butts Um, well one of them at least (laughs) one of them yeah the other one we have no idea um, and I'll be completely real with you. 
I had Elena. Um, she's a dog, mm-hmm. and I I don't know much about her. She wasn't around long enough for me to really get to know. Right. And um, she didn't really leave any kind of impact on me. I know that she was a teacher, and um, that she was mad about like rich kids that she was teaching, and that like the kids weren't focused enough. It was kind of weird. Um, but, uh, Elena was apparently one of Stella's patients as well. Um, let's see, I guess I'll talk about, do you remember Gustav, the little bird guy? Vaguely. He, he was the, like, art exhibit guy yes yeah um so there was a point in his story that i was like ah 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 i know what's going on here um and i guess part of it anyway not the whole thing um but he's like an art curator type guy and he's like constantly talking about art and his galleries and very very interested in that um and he he also talks a few times about like a chair and like being stuck to the chair and things like that. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, and then I, I was talking to you at one point and I was like, ah, I bet like he was like wheelchair bound or something, mm-hmm. which turns out that apparently Stella went to Japan at one point <laughs> and she met Gustav there and he was an art curator and like they hung out quite a bit. And um, the thing with him is that he had um, multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. And so he was paralyzed and, but he, you know, was fine. He could think clearly. And so he was able to do all this really cool stuff with art. Um, but he felt constrained because of the chair. He felt like he, it was stifling who he was and, like really upset him um and apparently that is eventually what actually killed him too um but i think that that is part of the reason why his spirit came back as a bird is because he can go wherever he wants to if he's a bird allowed him that freedom yeah i was like ah that's why you mentioned the chair and that's why you're a burb um there one character that is not um an animal is stanley and he's a mushroom yes <laughs> and i fished him out <laughs> literally i was fishing on the back of the boat and i pulled out a mysterious seed i was like oh i wonder what this is and i went and planted it and watered it and took care of it and the little mushroom kid appeared and was like oh hello who are you i'm the mushroom kid He's, he's a little mushroom kid and, you know, he wants to cause chaos and, like, make paper and um, he wants to, like, throw weird things into the, like, smelting place and wants to make weird fabrics and, you know, just generally have a good time. Um, and he's kind of, like, a goofy character. He He's got, like, a... a He's, he's a kid, so he's got kid style of talking. He's got, like, this, um, like, play area that's his house. 
at one point he asked you um, for a fucking Hague, and you have to figure out what that is. And turns out that it's an egg. And that apparently his mom's accent when she would talk about it, a f***ing egg is a fucking egg. So that's what he thinks that eggs are. <laughs> um, and he like makes you drawings. He'll bring you drawings sometimes. He gets really sad though if you sell them. So don't sell his drawings. That's really sad. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad. Um, but he like follows you around quite a bit. Um, he's really excited. He won't eat veggies. He won't eat fruit. He's he's not interested in that. He, he just wants French fries all the time. I mean, same. Yeah, I mean, totally. But he was apparently an eight-year-old that was under Stella's care. And they thought that he was, like, a really neat kid because he was, like, joking all the time and was a, a smart kid and, um, you know, died a pretty young and awful death. And... So he um, he had a pretty big impact on her as like one of her patients. Um, and then our last one is Buck, and um, Buck is a basilisk. Apparently, didn't realize that. Um, and you, he's the only one that actually you don't have to take it through the Everdor. You never take him through the Everdor. Um, he's also a nerd, a big, big nerd. Like a lot of his quests have to involve like a and d quest, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that like you have to go find some of his party members and hang out with them. And you have to do a tabletop RPG. And like sometimes when he's talking to you, um, like he'll just throw his dice on the ground and see like how you did. Um, and he has all kinds of like pop culture references. He's got like Lord of the Rings references and um he he talks about like the Witcher at one point, apparently. Hmm. Um and then obviously like D D. Um but Buck is the only one that Stella didn't actually know. Um Buck was her sister's friend and he died when he was a teenager. And so she had only heard of him through her sister talking about him after he died. And um, she apparently just, like, really liked his, his like, geeky personality. And, um, like, the, the whole thing with the RPGs she thought was really neat. Um, so she ended up actually playing RPGs because of him. <laughs> So, um, he's, he's a very different kind of character. And, um, I was reading the wiki page for him earlier and I did not realize this, but, um, it says that Buck's constellation can be seen in the sky all throughout the game, suggesting he has already gone through the Everdor. Hence, he can't go back through and stays with you on the ship. In addition to this, many spirit citizens mention him even before you find him on the lighthouse. Hmm. So, um, like when... When each of these characters go through the Everdor, um, 
a constellation of like whatever their animal form was shows up and so apparently his is already there the whole time um so he's just kind of there as like somebody who influenced stella even in death um even though she didn't actually know him so that's kind of interesting he's a spirit 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 and i mean the neat thing about him is that um you know even at the end of the game when you're doing all these quests when everybody else is gone like you're not by yourself yeah bad thing is you still have to feed somebody (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah as you mentioned earlier like as you as you take them to the ever door like your boat starts getting really lonely after a while and um after you take a certain number um the owl's like yeah, uh, so maybe you should bring Stella and Daffodil to the Everdor. I think that'd be a good idea. And you were there when he did that, right? Yes. I, I think I saw, like, the penultimate time he showed up. Oh, okay. And so, um, when when he said that, I was like, oh, Oh no, he wants me to bring Stella and Daffodil. We're dead, aren't we? We're dead. We're dead. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. We've been dead this whole time. Um, hey, guess what? We've been dead this whole time. <gasps> yeah. Um so Stella, like I said, lived in Europe and with her her mom and her sister. Um they eventually moved to uh North America doesn't really say where but i'm assuming canada since i think the team is canadian um and then she became a nurse um spent time there somewhere in this whole thing she went to japan i don't know where that (laughs) happened um just on a whim yeah uh and so like the glimpses you were talking about with al scenes are like memories of her life and then um we we eventually see that like oh hey she has cancer and is dying yeah and um so the like hospital bed that you're talking about it's stella and (laughs) it's her mom and her sister with her as she is actually dying "Ah!" it's rough Mm -hmm. um it, it, it was it was hard when I realized that. It was like, oh, oh, man. I should have seen it coming. And in retrospect, I was like, oh, it makes so much sense. But I didn't see it coming. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Did you see it coming? I don't think so. But I was a cat, so. You were the captain. I was the captain. So you had to have known everything because you were the captain. Captain um, sees all. It does make me wonder, like, is Daffodil dead too? I mean, cats are cats. Long. So probably. Yeah. I wonder at what point in her life... uh daffodil was around but um yeah it it was kind of like a gut punch at the end there that i was like oh man that's what we've been doing this whole time is like we've been 
doing her job that she was doing in real life, but then like also doing it for ourselves, really. Mm-hmm. So it was very well done. Um, I was very, very concerned, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, that like it was going to be too hard on me. I had moments that I was like, ooh, but I got through it. Um, like, there was one line that I think it was actually Giovanni that said to it that he says to the effect of, like, the people that love you will always be with you. And I'm just like, Al's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> um, and I think I even took like a screenshot of that because it was just like it hit hard. Yeah. Um, but it's a very, very beautiful game. Uh, it's not a perfect game, but it, it's a it's a very beautiful game, and it um, it's a nice way to deal with something that is as heavy as death. Yeah. Um, and it's also. Not just the death of others, but death of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you have to think about like mortality basically the entire time you're playing this game, even when you're harvesting rice 15 million times. Even when you are singing to your, your crops. <laughs> Making popcorn for the 15 millionth time. Yep. What did you think overall? I mean, I know that you didn't get to play the whole game. Right. But... Um, I mean, I think I basically disagree with what you said. Where it's just, it is a very, it's a heavy game. Like, I think yeah. even going into, like, that's something that I think a lot of people just know about this game is that it's going to be very emotionally taxing just because of the subject matter going into it. Um, yeah. But I think it handles it very well. Um, it's not done for, like, cheap ploys or anything like that. Like, it's a, it is an emotional game because it is you dealing, like, we, like what you said, dealing with not only just like other people's mortality your own mortality and just how various people come to terms with that come to grips with you know the end of their life and everything um and i think this game does a good job of like showing you just various ways that people will have to navigate those treacherous roads essentially where it's just like you know sometimes they're just they just disappear on you because that's just how life is. Sometimes they'll just be in heavy denial about it until they eventually realize, oh, this is really what's going on. Um, yeah. Sometimes, like, just the bad things of life are just going to catch up to you, essentially. And it's just, it's interesting just to see how well this game kind of is able to showcase all of that in the course of, like, 10 to 20 hours, if that. Yeah, it, it's not a very long game. So, it, I think, I think obviously you know the storytelling of this game is the strong part of this game and it is from what i saw obviously because i didn't see everything but like the parts i saw were just really well done Mm -hmm. and i got to be a cat you got to be a cute kitty and we matched at one point we Mm -hmm. changed our colors so we could match i was able to spook you at some points because like there's a there's a little rowboat you can you go down to where you have to go on to like to go to little villages or anything or go to like just places where you can do your platforming stuff. So like I would just run over to the boat and, and duck down and you'd be like, where, where, where are you? Are you going to come to the Where's boat? Where's the captain? And I would just like pop up like, hello. No. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> so that was fun. Very fun. 
Game's sad. Game is very sad. But I've been trying very hard to not cry. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't cry. I didn't cry. Achievement unlocked. Al didn't cry. Oof. I I'm so weird that like I cry at the stupidest things and then like at moments when I really should cry, I'm just like Maybe I won't. I mean, you're a sympathy crier as well, so. I am a super duper sympathy crier. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, if you're a sympathy crier, it is. Not everybody is. Uh, But yeah, like, I think if you're looking for a game that really kind of tackles hard emotional concepts, like, this is a, a really good one to check out. I believe, 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 like you said, you can get this on PlayStation, get it on PC, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. I think this is still on Game Pass. I think so. It was last I checked, but yeah, I haven't I'm, been on in a hot second. I'm trying to look while websites load, and that can just be a, a heck of a thing. Yeah, that can be a pain in the butt. And also just uh -huh. trying to find a list of like, here's all the stuff. I was going to say something, and now I'm totally blanking on what Well, I was you should say, say stuff so I can keep clicking through here. I was just trying to think of what I was going to say. I felt like it was important to say, and now I'm like, bleh. We're talking about, like, where, what were we talking about before we were talking about what was available? Um, game sad. Game is sad, yes. That is indeed. Oh, also has some fantastic anti-capitalism. Capitalism messages in there. True. Heck yes. Pro unionism. Heck yes. Uh, about those messages in my video games. Uh yeah. This is this is still on Game Pass as as of this as of this recording. So like, if you have that, like that's an easy way, to, way to play it to pick up this game and check it out. So yeah. Uh, and like like we said, like if you have someone to play it with, just to kind of ease that burden of having to go through such a emotionally heavy and taxing game, like this definitely gives you a way to do that. And I think that's kind of a, a really good way to help you kind of get through this. If it's going to be very taxing on you. Yeah. So. Especially if you have somebody plays the goofy cat. And you get to have someone play as a cat. That's cool. Captain Kitty. It's real goofy and stuff. But yeah, like, like we said, like it is. <laughs> what? I said like you would get to bed before me and my character would just like fall what? out on the floor. <laughs> So we would race at the end of it, like, ah, I was going to get to bed first. <laughs> or, so like, funny. warp me to your bed. Yeah, because, like, if you got in the bed first, you would just be there. Um, and I would just fall wherever I am. And But if I got to bed first, it would just warp you there. I was like, ah, yeah, but you made me sleep on the floor of the cabin again. So that was funny. I just I had a moment of remembering that that kept happening to us. It's pretty good. It was good. It was really funny. Good job, Captain. Thank you. Captain is here to help. Uh, but yeah, like like we said, like it, this is a really it's a it's a beautifully looking game. It has a great soundtrack alongside of it, and like you know the story stuff is just is emotionally very heavy and taxing. But like if you're able to get through it, like it's it is really good stuff. It's worth it. Yeah. So there you go. That's what happens when you're on a boat. I'm on a boat. That's a different kind of boat. That's definitely a different kind of boat. Not <laughs> not in the slightest bit similar. No, no. 
There are no flippy floppies here. No. Not at all. But uh, ugh, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for this episode, I believe. Yeah. So if you'd like more from us, go to seasonalimitcheckup.com or sac.cool. It's where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Season Limit Checkup and Jared Now Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you want more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash animecheckup. You can buy our books, One Shining Moment, A Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And buy one for Jared's birthday. Buy 31 copies for my birthday. There you go. <laughs> And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to bonus episodes, unedited versions of the podcast. Uh, we just did a bonus review for Patreon only of Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the film. Yeah. Where we watched that for the first time in a good while and talked about how we came to that much differently than we did 11 years ago. And how yeah. our opinions of that film has changed in the time since it was originally released so if you are interested in that you should go sign up for the patreon yes it's on there so yeah uh next week we'll talk about something yeah what it will be i don't know we'll figure it out mm-hmm. 